And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Animaniacast. He fiddles while the city burns, he rules with fear tyrannical. He's lazy, brutish, and ill-will, he thinks that he's infallible. Sansa Smalley steals some gold, his writing's ungrammatical. He's, he's making Rome a great and dramatic and fantastical. He's gormless and irascible, tragic and multiplantical. Maniacal and radical, positions problematical. Tim Sandler's gone sabbatical, his bits are unsympathetical. Um, we're still talking about Nero, right? He's a narcissist, a petulant, unscrupulous, a bezzler. He is a very model of an ancient Roman emperor. everybody once again to the animated cast this of course is the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series animaniacs as well as other shows in the rugerverse such as pinky in the brain and tiny toon adventures and freakazoid but today we are talking about the first episode of season two of the animaniacs reboot that's right we're going to be revisiting all of the cultural references and gags that we can find and think of. And of course, in the end, we're going to give this episode a water tower rating. I am Joey. And joining me once again are my co-hosts. There's my brother, Nathan. Are you not entertained? <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, there's Kelly. Hello. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Nathan. Well, we're here. We finally did it. We're at, we made it to (laughs) the second season, the first episode of the second season. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, it it features three segments in this one. This features Rome Sweet Rome, Backwards Pinky, and Wacko's Short Shorts Now Loading. And, uh, well, this was, this was, uh, I know a day that a lot of Animaniacs fans were waiting for, sometimes a little bit impatiently, but they finally mm-hmm. got to it. Uh, what did you two think of this episode? If someone were to ask you about it, to summarize it in, I don't know, just a few words, uh, what would you, what would you tell them, Nathan? Um, this is probably the first episode mm-hmm. of the second season. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Kelly. What about you? <laughs> How can I follow that? Um, I, uh, hmm. I'm just going to say, uh, well written. Ah, well written. That's it. That's yeah. It was well written. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I guess you could say well, it, was it was written. It was written. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan, well written. Well, Nathan, uh, why don't you tell us uh, when did this episode first premiere? Oh, boy. Okay, well, um, I'm going to tell you this episode premiered on November 5th of 2021, which is Wait a actually, minute. That's, that's the today. day we're recording. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of funny. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> so, this you know, is, we call we got to call this, you know, before we had November 20th trivia, which rolled off the tongue. Yeah, twenty twenty. Now it's November fifth trivia. November uh, 11, 5, 2021. I can't think. I can't. Nothing. Nothing is like a. You know, it doesn't really have the consonants as a November twentieth trivia. Yeah, uh, of twenty twenty. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so November fifth trivia. Uh, Nathan, what's our <laughs> November fifth trivia? Oh, okay. So November fifth. Uh, is actually Guy Fox Day, which I've mentioned oh. before. I'm going to say it again. Uh, this <laughs> is the uh, this is observed in the United Kingdom, so all our fans from across the pond know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, There's the gunpowder treason and plot uh, against James the First uh, when uh, Guy Fox and a bunch of his uh, compatriots tried to blow up the uh, what the, uh, the parliament, I guess, right? And then, uh, yeah, they uh, they failed and were executed, but they still celebrated. Uh, the people celebrated Guy Fox Day. Um, I'm not sure exactly why. Whether it's because they agreed that uh, Catholics were being not uh, welcomed enough, or if they were happy that James 
wasn't killed. But uh, one of the reasons. Uh, <laughs> yes, there was a reason. There was a reason. It's celebrated um, and probably for one of the two reasons. And, and, <laughs> I mean, and they, they, made, they made a movie out of it. Exactly. And I mean, I'm saying that some people probably celebrated it because Jane's first lived and others probably celebrated it because they agreed that Catholicism uh, should be more uh, recognized, I guess, because that was the whole reason he wanted to blow a parliament was something about. Well, there you go. I know we but, do have some listeners across the pond. Yeah, see, so and they they can probably can tell us more about and how they why they celebrate Guy Fox Day. It's because we obviously need more information yeah. on that. All I know <laughs> is that there shouldn't be any reason to forget the gunpowder treason. So, well, I think something. Even though there's <laughs> going to be additional facts about November fifth, you know that Nathan's going to come up for the next thirteen episodes. You know, mm-hmm. if there's additional Guy Fox Day facts. I think we could we could put those in there too. So if you are a listener in the UK or something, or you just know more about Guy Fox Day than than us, which is you know pretty easy. Yeah, to do. all my information comes from V for Vendetta. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> if you know more, you can just send us uh, an email, animaticast at gmail dot com, and maybe we'll share a little quick Guy Fox fact. Uh, guy facts, guy, guy facts yeah. stage or if you send a little like <laughs> uh, audio clip, we may even play some Ooh. of that. So, yeah, if you have a British accent, extra yeah. points because that's just like it just mean, sounds Nathan's good. British accent is pretty spot on, pretty I think, good. But I mean, <laughs> I think we can get some more authenticity if we get real British people on Well, anyway, so uh, we're, let's go go ahead and write, go ahead and go, go get. Let's go ahead and get right and into say it better myself. <laughs> I, I agree. Well, before we get into our discussion, let's go ahead and talk about the variable verse, which was back againy. Back againy. And there's my dogs barking in the background. They right loved it. I hear them. They, <laughs> they, they, like, they are back again. Yeah, they're back againy. Um, well, this was featured on the trailer. It was cute. I, you know, I don't know what else to say about it. It was, you know, they're happy. They're and um, Wacko was squeezy, squeezy. I guess the the weird thing for me was seeing Wacko with a frog in one hand and a spray bottle in the other hand and mm-hmm. squeezing both of them at the same time. Um, I don't know why he has a squeeze. He's cleaning a yeah. frog. I don't know what's I, going on. I don't know. I wrote it in the the show notes just because I was a little confused at what because everyone else looks normal. Just Wacko wearing a party hat, holding a frog and a spray bottle, and he squeezes them both. He squeezes them both. He was in the middle of cleaning his frog with sunglasses on, and then uh, they had to do that. I don't know what's going on, but hmm. hmm. It may be a reference to something in theory, too. There could be some, like, Animal House movie or something, you know, somewhere... I don't know. I've seen Animal House. I don't remember. I know. Belushi I'm not saying frog. that, movie, but I could imagine some like 80s movie or something. Ooh, okay. You know? right. Yeah. If anybody knows uh, about a frog and a spray bottle, let us know. <laughs> okay. Let's go ahead and get into our discussion of the first segment. And of course, this was called Rome, Sweet Rome. And Rome, Sweet Rome was written by Lucas Crandles and Timothy Nash and was directed by Katie Rice. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in Rome, Sweet Rome? Okay. The Warners, uh, Warneresses, I guess is what they're called here, um, because they just keep adding U.S. to the end of every word. Um, So uh, uh, they have like souvenir stands and they're trying to sell souvenirs and you know like mount vesuvius and one of the please 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 get a life foundation people come and point out that vesuvius doesn't erupt for another x number of years and i'm paying volcanic ash globes each globe contains genuine mummified citizen Actually, that's an anachronism. Mount Vesuvius doesn't erupt until 79 AD, another 11 years from now. Lazy writing. They're trying to figure out, you know, why are we trying to sell souvenirs when souvenirs aren't really, you know, they haven't basically been invented yet kind of thing. Then there's the emperor, Nero, and uh, he's fiddling. 
And apparently he shouldn't be fiddling. He's supposed to be playing a liar because please, please, please get a life foundation. Verily, together we shall keep the barbarians out. Hey, no fair. Nero said he'd make the Caledonians pay for that wall. This is an outrage. Not great. Praetorians, seize the dissenters. So you got to do your dirty work? Is he wearing a cape? (laughs) (laughs) They're not paying enough taxes. And so then they get the Warners, then they get taken to Nero. And he's doing like a press conference. And so he's talking about um, fraudulent heralding and, um, (laughs) you know, people from, from news outlets like Times New Roman are there and Gaul Fleet uh journal and um they're asking a bunch of questions and and he's kind of sidestepping them and using this very elaborate language it was quite familiar i don't know it kind of felt like Uh, we just kind of dealt with somebody like this i I yeah but it actually it sounded (laughs) it sounded pretty good i i liked a lot of the, the the phrasing that they used and um it it was clever uh what they were, were the the writers were doing that's why i said it was well written because i mean like fraudulent heralding i mean you know exactly what they're saying there but uh you know the the turn of phrase i thought was really good fake news so even basically <laughs> um but fraudulent heralding sounds so much like nicer it does well i will fancier. say if trump fancier. actually talked like nero i i i might actually like him a little bit more cuz he's yeah. actually a, they they make fun of him later on by you know talking about how he doesn't know how to write and he's an idiot and everything. And uh, well, he sure does sure does sound pretty smart though in this. Yeah, picture. Nero Nero sounds pretty intelligent. Um, like his I said, I, I like a lot of the. I love his vocabulary. It's I was really impressed. Um, and I'm a writer, you know, so I'm. It's not easy. I won't say it's not easy to impress me. It is really easy to impress me, but I I recognize clever writing. So I um. So anyway, he's asking if they they're actually part of like a wealthy family because then he you know it's okay they don't need to pay their taxes but Ralphus says that you know they they aren't so he's like you need to pay your taxes but um, then they start singing the, the song um, Modern Major General I am the very model of an ancient Roman emperor I overspend and overtax and overthrow my treasurer I marry family members from my cousin to my stepsister I'm always right I'm never wrong as fast as neutral senator that, that, that is correct but We've already heard this before, um, <laughs> but the the new lyrics. But they even point to the fact that it's been heard before because I think Wacko tells Biako that he liked the first version better. Yeah, and um, so then they end up in the Colosseum, and Nero brings forth the tigers, and then Dot gets a laser pointer and starts pointing, it, and the the cats get distracted as as cats do with laser pointers and Nero's getting more and more upset and then she points the laser point pointer at him and the cats attack him and uh then there's a good night everybody moment <laughs> and then um you know at one point dot says are you not entertained which is a you know direct line from from gladiator which is an amazing movie and has an amazing soundtrack Hans Zimmer um good movie and he brings out barbarians and um like american gladiators which is i think they ended up rebooting that but it was like an old show from what, like the late 80s or yeah. early 90s and, it was parodied um, once once on the classic show a few times on the classic show yeah that's right that's right there, yeah there was that they had, pretty, and then, um, they had a pretty horrible hip hippos one that was pretty forgettable <laughs> but mm-hmm. so uh and then john cena comes out um and it was it actually him voicing it that was, was jess harnell what oh, okay. voicing scene no yeah. yeah but they said that okay so that okay i did not even look at the thing because i just assumed like it was actually john cena because that's what they said in the new york comic-con they kept well, talking about john cena yeah I would think well, they I, would I'm uh sure they meant the character instead of the voice yeah yes yeah but 
And then listening to it after I saw Jess Harnell, uh-huh. I was like, I can hear Jess Harnell. Okay, um, so it's just oh. you know what but that in, was a relatively good John Cena. Yeah, I thought I it was can't a good say one. I know what John Cena really sounds like. Well, I thought know. it sounded good. Um, it didn't look like John Cena. No, I'll but it did that. sound like him. Yeah, I thought it was John Cena. I thought it was really I'm, his voice. Actually, I'm taking a break from wrestling to try my comedy chops. <clears throat> Roman walks into an inn, holds up two fingers, and says, Give me five wines. Get it? <coughs> what? No good? Stay in my lane, fiend! It, 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 everything goes crazy, just like it usually <laughs> does with the, the Warners. Then Nero comes out, and he's going to fight, but his armor is, like, really small and doesn't fit him well. And Ah, sweetie, it's low heat when you're tumble-drying plate mail. And uh, then... Yakko takes a, a golf club and ends up like hitting him and sending him flying out of the Coliseum. And and he'd given uh, Nero gave Yakko some really good golf advice, obviously, because um, it worked. So he ends up on a, an island and he's pretty happy. He's like, pretty good exile and um, surrounded by a bunch of crabs and he's fiddling. And um, then he t- drops his fiddle down on the head of one of the crabs and you know presumably kills it so then the other crabs get mad and they just start attacking him and uh kind of where it ends yeah it's trump but he didn't sound like trump you know <laughs> no I say- it, it didn't look like him too much. It did not like Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he, you know, he did like a puckering face or something like that. Like, right. You know, and he had but, blonde hair and stuff like that. But they, they mostly, you know. Yeah. As tired as I am about Trump humor at this point, at least it was nice to see a guy who was just a little different enough, I suppose. And sounded different. Yeah. Different I voice. couldn't, oh, I couldn't deal with a Trump impression for 10 minutes. No. No, mm. no more, please. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and go over some of the things that we thought were uh, funny, some of the things that really stood out for us. So, Nathan, why don't we start with you? What are what are some things that stood out for you? Which, by the way, we should mention, Nathan has um, amazing notes right here that he did, basically by himself, because the wiki at this point doesn't have much stuff on it. So Yeah, I'm sure listeners can they can take all we say here and they can just add it there and just like, add hey. it in because Nathan yeah. did the research. Just yeah, it's all good. us. <laughs> Nathan, what what's something that stood out for you in this episode? Um, I liked all the educational things in it. So I don't know if it was that's not really funny, but I really that stood out to me. I was like, oh wow, I actually learned a lot from this episode. Yeah, I learned that he did in fact marry his cousin and his sister-in-law, right? Is mm-hmm. that or stepsister? Stepsister. Yeah. Uh, and he actually was married, I guess, a third time is because I had to look it up too and go, How many times has this guy been married? Um, yeah. So yeah, it was nice. It was very nice to actually have real educational material yeah. in and this thought, reboot for the first time. There was definitely some fun, funny lines from Nero. So I I mean, just, yeah, I was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And I enjoyed that there was a song because we don't have a lot of songs so far too. So yeah, um, I was. I just wish it was a song to a tune we hadn't heard a song before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It, it was kind of like, oh, I know this song. They did this before. You know what I mean? Like, it, it would have felt a little... Because there's other Gilbert and Sullivan kind of things. I mean, I, I it works for the Emperor. But you're right. There's other stuff in the public domain they could have picked, I'm sure. Uh, whatever, though. Uh, Kelly, what what about you? What are some, uh, some funny things or other stuff like that you didn't uh, mention before? Um... So they were talking about having the Caledonians pay for the wall and then they, they wouldn't pay for the wall. And that was kind of funny um, because, you know, they were like, well, we, you said they were going to pay for the wall. So obviously that was a reference to current or, you know, semi-current events. And um, I think I, already, I did already mention the Times New Roman. I thought that was hilarious. And... I also liked all the references to um, historical people and and the gladiator reference. Um, that was a lot of fun. I, I liked that we did a history segment 
and it uh, it was just interesting. I, I it had it kind of the feel of an old uh, Warner's cartoon. Well, there we go. Hey, that's a good compliment right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's go over some of the. I, I'm kind of doing this out of order, but I, I mean, we haven't done a, an Animaniacs Animaniacs episode in a in a very long time. So, and also, it's like nine. It's almost ten o'clock where I am. Yeah, exactly. So. We're, 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 we're a little loopy, but anyway. Uh, so, some of the cultural references uh, of this one. Well, there's a lot of them. Like I said, Nathan has a bunch of them. So, Nero Rain from. October 13th of 54 to June 9th of uh, 68. So uh, Mount Vesuvius erupted in 79 AD, which is actually 11 years after Nero died. So, so yeah, they mentioned now yeah, it's 11 years in the future. So like, this must place take place in 68. Although yeah. there's other contra, I was trying to figure out what year this takes place in, but <laughs> well, General Corbulo is that is that the actual guy? <laughs> yeah, so that's. Talking? Yeah. Oh, the, so that the um, no, the little guy calls out. Says that General Carubolo has defeated the uprising oh. in Britannia, um, but he died in '67. So this actually would be in '67. '67. '66. So actually, the geek was wrong. The guy, the nerd that said that. Ooh man, Bump, we're out geeking the geek. Yeah, I uh, wanted to out geek him. It was, by the was way, like, n- it was nice, by the way, to see that guy, uh, you know, return in a redesign uh, mm-hmm. right there from Please, Please Get a Life. Um, well, no, he's uh, he's kind of the guy from the uh, opening credits, too. So, like, yeah, yeah. So, well, sort so, of. I mean, he doesn't look like the same I mean, guy. The guy from the opening but, credits looks like a troll, like a real troll. But I think he's called <laughs> in the. Uh, in the credits, he's called a troll, a geek troll or something. Oh, geek Nerdy troll. troll Nerdy is the, troll. Is the actual, so well, the trolls will say we're so passe. Yeah, but he's, he's. I mean, he's he has the same uh, look to him as the please, please, please get a life foundation. Yeah. Just a redesign of him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Sounds like him. Uh, Nathan, you have a little thing right here that says Brexant. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they, we have stopped the Brexant. is also what the crier is saying. So this is all stuff the crier is saying. It's all like educate like he's talking about the Britannia uprising which uh is probably like there was an actual revolt in Brudekin and that was in 6061 so it's actually probably takes place in 60 AD so it's actually like 19 years before Mount Vesuvius arose wow so the time is very much (laughs) you know one of the things I thought about when they said uh when Yaka was like should we be doing tourism stuff before there's even tourism and I thought there wasn't tourism back then. Like, you're not, you're, I mean, sure, people, I'm sure some people traveled around the place and got souvenirs, right? Yeah. Sure. It had to be. I think people kind of, you know, I, I don't know, maybe not everybody, but sure. Time some travelers people. did, though, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. It, well, Boudicca was a person, not a place. Yeah. Okay. The Boudican revolt is the whole, uh, is a, a section of people. So the, the whole Britannia uprising is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so anyway, there's uh, Pompus Acostas, a possible reference to Jim Acosta. Who's Jim Acosta? Jim Acosta is the, the reporter, is this right? Yeah, there's a, a reporter named Jim Acosta, and the, and the mm-hmm. reporter in this was named Pompus Acostas. Now, so this one right here, you put Aurelia Severus based upon Aurelia Paulina and Septimus, Septimus Sever- Severus? Yes. So uh, these are actual people in the. So the, she was the lady from the Golf Fleet Journal. Right. It was right. named Aurelia Spears. And, uh, you know, they're around in that time. Who's, who's Aurelia Paulina? Uh, she was some woman that liked uh, Septimius Severus. You know, I don't know. There's a bunch of like, I was like, probably not important. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but Sep, uh, Septimius Severus was the Roman emperor, but he wasn't until 193. Uh, two eleven. You know, so okay, all right. Some, well, some ways away, but um, they were alive during the same time. Well, and one of my favorite uh things in this was was uh, the quick line of uh Ralph saying, "Mister, Mister De Niro, that Mister De Niro, these three will pay their taxes." Uh, <laughs> for uh, Nero, I was like, uh, yeah. that was a, that was a quick kind of giveaway right there. It's kind of Robert De Niro, like Ralph getting mixed up with uh, Robert De Niro. I thought was a, mm-hmm. yeah. a funny one. Um, uh, they did allude, obviously, a lot to 
to Trump, uh, his, you know, is that your real hair? Look, as a, you know, got you know, tiny your hands are. They <laughs> at one point in their song, of course, kind of get off task and they really start talking about Trump, like and tweeting, and they show like birds mm-hmm. or his golf game or uh, you know stuff like that. But uh, yeah, there's so obviously you know we all knew it was Trump. It's not big. Um, Niels Needhart comes back, which I was not happy about, um, because I do not like that character at all. (laughs) And I was actually, one of the things I was most looking forward to in the second season was hopefully not seeing him. He's (laughs) a regular now. What He's going to be, he's been in as many episodes, at least as the CEO now at this point, right? That's right. The third episode. Imagine, imagine hearing this, ladies and gentlemen. Well, the reboot's coming. Oh, great. Is Slappy Squirrel in it? Well, no, but this guy who talks like this all the time is in three episodes. I think it's kind of funny. Oh boy. Well, I'm glad you (laughs) folks like it because I'm sick and tired of them. Because it always reminds me of like Hans and Franz. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they definitely. We're going to pump you up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. They they did also mention uh, like the DMCA. You know, DMCA notice on uh, Niels right Niles or whatever right there. And I have here a DMCA takedown notice demanding this unauthorized parody of Conan the Barbarian be removed from this episode immediately. Ah, let me peruse. <sighs> it's water time. Uh, yes, those are always fun. Anybody who's posted anything on YouTube has probably gotten, well, if you post enough things on YouTube, I should say. Haven't we gotten some of those? Of course we have. <laughs> That's why if you listen to things on YouTube sometimes, there might be a little, oh, I don't know, big gap in the audio. And you're like, what happened? And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> At any rate, uh, but that's just Part of the online community world at this point, I suppose. I guess I should mention one thing that I almost didn't get at first, which was the the John Cena joke. The first one that he mentioned, uh, there's obviously Medusa objectifying people, which is kind of funny because mm-hmm. she would turn them into stone. But yeah, that one I got. I never did get the other one. The the oh, they give it away in the uh, in the audio description. Oh, really? Too. Okay, so he holds up. So he holds up two fingers, two fingers. and says, "I'll have five five wines." Mm-hmm. Um, because a V, right, is the is the number. Oh my goodness! And then he said, "Yeah." So in the audio description, it says Roman numeral five. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you're ever worried, if you don't get a joke, if you're wondering what's in the background, Nathan knows. Keep the audio descriptions on, and that'll help you. <laughs> I mean, I got it the first time, but it was just fun hearing it. I was like, I did get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That was that was a nice part though, and it was just like. Um, the quiet, the crickets chirping and stayeth in your lane or whatever he says. Uh, at any rate, and there was a cool, I, I did learn a cool, uh, word. Okay. I'm going to find this because it was right in the, in the, uh, the, the emperor song. Here it is. Wait, this is, this is going to be a good one. It is, uh, gormless. I've never heard the word gormless before. It just mm. means stupid, <laughs> but they called him gormless. And I was like, what does that mean? Stupid. There you go. That's what I'm saying. It, it, good vocabulary in this episode. Yeah. They I, definitely I did lots of research <laughs> for, I mean, just like t- talking about the plural of Warners. Um, <laughs> yes. The, uh, should be nerd. Warner I. <laughs> uh, I guess the one last thing we should mention is uh, the one thing I, I will say that I did not like, uh, I did not appreciate in this um, is the good night everybody joke that they did just because. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah, it's it just, it's just this, this show, I think all the episodes this season are TV 14. And some people think, well, that must be a mistake. But no, he refers to Trump saying, grab him by the, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I, number one, disgusting on the part of Trump. Number two, I don't want to see jokes about it anymore. Number three, the original show, while it did do innuendo, it was innuendo. And you didn't get it, and good night, everybody. Jokes were not as uh, posit right here. And did you hear that? He just said that word. If we break it apart, like no, not not cool, in my opinion. I don't know. What, what Nathan? You didn't like it, Kelly? Do you have 
You said you liked that part though, right? I mean, no, oh, no, I didn't say I liked it. I was oh. just acknowledging it. Um, no, I thought it was a little, um, I mean, it was more shock value than funny, I guess. Yeah. It'll go on more for the shock value. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I see what they did. Um, but I, yeah, uh, it, it did feel a little too adult. Um, for I think some of the, the audience, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It didn't offend me necessarily, but it is like, Oh, Whoa, they, they did that. Yeah, exactly. And, and here's the thing. I, I was thinking like, I'm a school teacher. I'm, I, you know, I, I wanted to show like maybe lunchtime, I'll just kind of put on this episode and see what the kids think about it. Well, I'm in middle school. A lot of the kids that I teach are under the age of 14. In fact, many of them are. And I don't want to put on an episode of a cartoon show that's going to pause and push out that word right there. It, you know, it's no, I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't show it. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a I think it's a sad state when they're basically making the show like it's supposed to be for kids with mm-hmm. the adults being able to enjoy it. Instead, it seems like they're kind of aiming for the adults First, it's like, what do you want your kids to say that? I don't, or to say, well, I, why I mean, did he I, say goodnight, everybody? Or I don't know. Are they really aiming towards kids, though? Or are they trying to aim it towards the, the people who like the original show? I mean, I, I figure they're trying to appeal to both. That That's the thing. It's like, are they, is it unbalanced towards older people versus the younger kids? Because in my opinion, it, if you really wanted to get a feel like the original show, I don't know, going towards the kids first, but then trying to hook the adults in along the way would be because mm-hmm. the adults are going to watch it either way. I mean, well, what's kid. really shocking is doesn't Disney own Hulu? Yes. So mm-hmm. that's what makes it really surprising. Yes. Because it's and, like, okay, well, it's, it's a streaming cable thing, so they can get away with a lot more, but, you know, Disney. And D- yeah. I, I just tweeted out today or retweeted d23.com actually just had an article on the Animaniacs reboot season. Oh, really? Like, watch the season this weekend. And I'm like, wow, okay, Disney pushing it out. I mean, I mean, it's very weird to see, like, Disney promoting Animaniacs at all, which is just <laughs> mind-blowing. Like, wh- what world am I in? I was like, I, was like we, we, I don't know what world we're in anymore. Yeah, but also, what's the world of Disney owns half of everything, you know, so. Um, Didn't the, the Simpsons predict that, like, 30 years ago or something yes. that... Or at least Disney was going to own Fox. They they mm-hmm. called that a while. Well, at any rate, so that that is a kind of a sad thing. And you know, for the most part, I mean, I'm I'm taking it episode by episode. I might watch one or two ahead, but I'm not going to watch too far ahead um, into the season. I'm hoping that it's not too adult. But I'm also I've also heard that it's uh, this this first uh, little joke is not the only kind of thing where they're pushing the envelope a little, possibly a little oh, okay. bit too Well, much. we already talked about the, the Thundercats thing and, and several, not several, but quite a lot of people were uh, bothered by, by that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, I mean, they're obviously taking some risks. Um, we'll see if it, if it works for them or not. It'd be well, interesting. Let us know what you think folks. Are they pushing it too much for adults or what? <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, let us know. Uh, tweet, email, you know, the, you know, the drill, uh, at any rate, let's go ahead and go to our, I guess our next segment, unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about the, um, emperor of the Rome, sweet Rome. Oh, it meant home, sweet home. We should mention. Yeah. It. Thank you. That was. Oh, and I thought the title card was really cute. Like a little like cross stitch. Yeah. Uh, that was a picture. nice little thing. Yeah. So I love my, my cross stitch. <laughs> But Nathan, anything else than I, the thing I stole from you, which the home sweet home thing? <laughs> um, the song was written by Lucas Crandall's Roddy Hart, Timothy Nash, and Tom Riley, and performed by Broke Baker, Missy Hale, Jess Harnell, Tress McNeil, Gabriel Mann, and Rob Paulson. So I don't know. I didn't. It sounded like the Warners the whole time through. I don't know if anyone sang for anyone else ever, but. Yeah, that makes me all. wonder. Like, did the, the, were a few lines picked up by somebody else? I think that one or one of the lines didn't sound like Jess Harnell saying it, or as wacko. I have to double check. But now that you mention it, 
some some lines did sound a little bit different, but I just and thought I don't it was see my the, imagination. The, um, the voice of uh, Nero, Fred uh, Tasks, he does the Tassicor, he does the voice of Nils Needhart right. as well. And- but his name's not on there either. So someone's saying for him, I guess. Interesting. Probably, yeah. I'm guessing, either Brock Baker or Gabriel Mann, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Must be. So, right. yeah. Missy Hale, I think, did do some things for Tress McNeil in the first season, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I guess some lines were uh, maybe re-recorded or for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Just so, so we'll have to see which ones were. I don't know. We listen to it, folks. See what you can figure it out. Well, anyway, let's go and get to Backwards Pinky. And Backwards Pinky was written by Kathleen Chen and Brian Polk, and it was directed by Katie Rice. Nathan, what happens here in Backwards Pinky? All right. Well, we are in the Acme Labs once again. Um, And Pinky and the Brain are in a cage. Oh, boy. Brain is looking very cute. Uh, He's got huge blue eyes. Uh He looks so sad. It looks like he's about to cry. And the two female technicians, one of them's like, oh, she's so cute. So she picks him up and he starts rolling in in her hand. He he looks so cute. Yeah, it's adorable. uh, She puts him back in the cage. And then she's like, hey, didn't I have my engagement ring uh, oh well she doesn't seem to care that she's missing her engagement <laughs> ring for some reason the guy uh, wasn't that great you know this is like, her excuse uh, to get a better ring i just won't get married then whatever <laughs> uh <laughs> so she leaves turns out the brain is wearing contact lenses and he had the engagement ring in his mouth um and it says uh forever engage or something <laughs> i think it said eternal love eternal or eternal love Ugh. Right. Uh, he uh, takes the diamond off the ring and tosses the gold part of the ring. Um, and he puts it on top of a machine that's under a, a pile of hay. And he announces that finally uh, his invention is complete um, and ready for uh, to begin his domination or something. I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, Pinky is laughing at something, uh, something on the intranet or internet as brain corrects him. Um, he's watching backwards Gary, which is his favorite show. And there's even a theme song. We get to hear all about backwards Gary, the theme song written by three people. <laughs> it's really? like 10 words long. Yeah. Wow. Roddy Hart, Tom Riley and Katie Rice all got together and they said, we got to get, we got to really nail this out. <laughs> Backwards Gary videos are my absolute favoriteest thing on the whole intranet. <laughs> it's internet. Who's net? He'll bright your day, face the wrong way. Backwards Gary's here to stay. Backwards Gary, he is here to stay. Um, and yeah, basically it's Guy and his head's on his the back of his head, face or whatever, so... And he screams. <laughs> so we laugh now, funny. but once backwards, Gary's theme song sweeps the nation. They're gonna yeah, be they're going to so those much. You're going to be rich, and they'll be like, "Well, I'm glad I got all that." All right. Uh, <laughs> um, the the machine that the brain has invented is actually a teleportation machine, and all it needs is a diamond to work. But if it's not a, a perfectly clear, if the diamond doesn't have perfect clarity, it will only work once. So the plan is to use the teleportation device with the impure diamond or whatever to get into the Smithsonian, and then they'll steal the Hope Diamond, and then they can use the teleportation device for taking over the world. You, you know, you got you do anything then, I guess. I don't know. Um, so uh, Brain decides to bring Pinky, and Pinky decides to bring his... Uh, streaming device i think it's like a phone or something um and they're all packed into this little container um and they're shot off into the smithsonian um and on their way there they're getting transformed and merged together and turned into real mice and then um they land and pinky looks like he's fine he uh he's just a little upset that it hurts so much but uh he was okay. Uh, <laughs> he's a little upset that the uh, the Wi-Fi signal was a little spotty at times, but he's fine. Uh, but the brain's missing. Where's the brain? He turns out he's on the back of Pinky's head. Oh boy, we've we've got a situation. <laughs> Say, brain, brain, where are you? Where are you? I'm right here. 
Where? Where is where? 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 Oh no, it can't be. I'm back here on your back. Hey God, we're stuck together. And the only way to fix this situation is to steal the Hope Diamond and then use it to teleport back to the lab. And then hopefully they should be separated by then. So Pinky's the only one that can touch the floor because brain's so short. So brain has to direct Pinky on which way to go. And Pinky's walking backwards. They're going through the vents and they fall down through the vents on top of the Hope Diamond. Uh, The alarms are going off. They smash the thing. The security guard comes. Luckily, she has hurt her ankle. So they just run off. Oh, no. Oh, oh, please don't run. I've been meaning to work out, but then I went on a cruise and injured my knee in a corn-eating contest. And I- run, Pinky. Um, but on the way out, Brain is unconscious, and Pinky doesn't know what to do with his Hope Diamond, and he sees a hot dog cart. He's like, what would Brain tell me to do uh, with a Hope Diamond? Mmm. And then we cut to, and uh, Pinky's eating a hot dog, and we're trying to figure out what happened to the Hope Diamond. Pinky, what happened? You're awake. Well, first, I went to buy a hot dog, but then I found this one in the trash. But I still had a diamond burning a hole in my pocket, so I decided to get a soft pretzel instead. Ooh, soft pretzels. I love how soft they are. They need a, they only take cash, so now I'm at a bank and I'm going to cash it in. Um, meanwhile, Brain is starting to think more and more like Pinky and start saying more and more things uh, with Pinky and agreeing with Pinky. Things sound like great ideas. Yeah, we'll just write a letter to Santa and Santa can open up a banking account. Um, it's all crazy ideas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then he realizes that he's thinking too much like Pinky, so he knocks Pinky out, which makes it so he can no longer walk since he can't touch the floor anyways. And a security guard comes by, sees the Hope Diamond on the floor, pawns it next door, and gets $40 for it. So now they got to go over uh, to the pawn shop uh, steal the diamond from the pawn shop. And as they're stealing it, the uh, guy, the pawn shop owner notices. He grabs a squirt gun and starts trying to spray them. Uh, meanwhile, Pinky and the brain are trying to create the teleportation device by using neon and uh, Tolkien or something. Uh, I already forgot what the... Like a coffee cup and a... Yeah. yeah they need the right metals and everything. Yeah. Um, and they're using laser beams and shoots it into the coffee cup. And uh, the pinky actually kind of builds it. So I don't, you know, he's such a genius uh, (laughs) that he's able to make it. Just one last thing. Ooh, a shiny. You know, Brain, for the first time, I feel like we truly understand each other. Right back at you, plompers. I do think he's uh, another point. you notice that Pinky's brain isn't being overtaken by Brain's brain because Pinky's brain is more powerful than Brain's brain because he's the genius. So there right. you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, they get zapped back and they're all perfectly fine, except we see on the back of their head, uh, we have backwards Gary screaming. So there you go. The end. The end. Well, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, pretty standard pinky in the brain episode and that it's uh it's pretty good um however it, it's uh <laughs> it does have a, a very kind of weird and sometimes a little bit grotesque moments yeah those are gross parts for yeah, sure yeah let's talk about any of the uh, cultural references which i guess there really weren't that many i mean warren g harding was mentioned as president of the united states which president was warren g harding he was the like the 19th know, or something uh, something like that Warren Isn't Harding. he the one that only he, he he's was right only before president. Calvin Coolidge? Because it's no, Warren that was Harding. William he Henry Harrison. Calvin Coolidge next in line, and then in 1929, the market crashes, and we find, yeah, yeah, he was the 29th president. Yeah, was Warren G. Harding. Well, in case you didn't miss, you know, you you, you missed it, uh, which I know many fans didn't. They said Brinky at one point on this, and I know that some people got all because if they like to ship Pinky in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I had to write it I down. I thought I had heard that before. Yep, and it's also it's also a name of an episode of the spinoff series too, where they actually have a uh, child. A little bit of uh, both of Pinky and the Brain's DNA becomes essentially their son named Brinky. Or I think the, the son's episode. actually named like yeah. The, son, the son. episode's called Brinky. Yeah, the son's. Called I haven't something watched else. it yet. I want to watch it. Can't. Wait. Yeah, that one we need to see. But. Totally. 
Um, uh, yeah, Rami. Like, Rami is their son. Rami. 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 Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Rami Malik. No. Uh, <laughs> there's also, of course, the neckties and scarves, in case you didn't see it. The neon sign kind of blinks to narf. Uh, right there. Um, I thought that was cute. Yeah. And the whole thing of merging might be as, uh, you know, the concept might be a reference to the fly. I wasn't quite sure, but I mean, it kind yeah. of happens in the fly. Basically, it's teleportation. It's pretty much it? any teleportation yeah. science fiction. <laughs> something something wrong is going to happen. Um, unless you're on Star Trek, which it seems to work all the time. Uh, at any rate, uh, Kelly, what were some moments in this that stood out for you that were funny? Oh, I, I really did like the little cute brain. Um, and then I thought it was funny that it was just contacts. <laughs> um, oh, I liked when they were sliding down the, the dinosaur bones. I thought there were some good camera angles there. And um, that backwards Greg thing was just... <laughs> I mean, it was kind of funny. It um, did make me chuckle. Uh, that is probably the one thing that made me actually <laughs> laugh. I didn't laugh out loud really at anything necessarily in this episode. Um, but I did like that surprised me. And that guy's expression. I just like the lady says, hello. And then, yeah, I was not expecting <laughs> him to just start screaming. Ah! It was, it was at, different. Ah! It's at least as good as like gnome in the mouth. Like it could be. Its I own. was better. I yeah, better. exactly. Yeah, I, I think agree. it's better than numbers. This was better. So, they should have made this the, yeah. just its own thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I like Brain's expressions when he started to like become more like pinky. Yeah. And his eyes would turn colors, and and I thought the writing in this was really good too. And because uh, when he talks about the neon sign, he's like. Um, Go do the thing where it's all uh, sparkly, shine. I can't remember what he says, yeah. and I, I wrote it down. But and then Pinky's like, "Oh, the neon sign," because Pinky understood what he meant. So I I thought the the lines that Brain said when he, he's trying to say something, and he's not using the vocabulary he normally would use. Right. I I really thought that was good because they did a really good job of of demonstrating that he. He's not himself. Yes. And, and he, you know, he's like, like this inner conflict and outer conflict because he doesn't even have his body um, completely his, his self, his to himself anymore. My brain sticks are getting floppy. <laughs> I mean, my neurological pathways are being overtaken by yours. And um, I did not like the hot dog and the vomit. Yeah, that was really too gross. I'm like, do we really need to do that? And I didn't you like the part where the brain, the-, the brain got hit so much that it looked like he died with the. <laughs> It just looked I like this. thought that was kind of funny. Oh gosh, that would look so. Like, <laughs> Where he's just kind of oh, hanging there. Brain's yeah. dead. Brain oh, dead. he's taking a little nap. Um, oh, and so when they're talking about the pretzels, I thought that was funny. He's like, "Oh, I, I love how soft the pretzels are," and um, he gets so excited. And when they're talking about pudding at the end of the episode, like Brain just gets so excited um, about food at that point, and um, it's just uh, there was there were a lot of cute moments, really. Yeah, I there. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of things I liked as well. I I didn't like the, uh, you know, one thing that kind of bugged me in this one was that I just felt like the scale. I mean, it's not a huge deal because, whatever they could, you know, explain particles being remanipulated in different ways. But the brain looked a little too small. On on, I mean, they had to make him, I guess, a little bit smaller. His to make head, it head work. can't be bigger than Pinky's head. Yeah, exactly. So, so, but something about it just looked like I don't know. Is that is the brain really that small compared to him? Like, just but whatever. It wasn't a wasn't a huge deal. It just kind of looked a little weird. Um, but you know, it was it was nice. It was a, some good stuff in this one. And like you said, I really did like the the you know just the brain. Saying "Ooh, shiny!" Like he even starts sounding like Pinky, like yeah, his saying, little British accent and stuff. I like that they were pondering the same thing. It was a little fun. Oh so. yeah, the st- the the puppet going on <laughs> the a date mu- with the puppets. Ooh, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Pinky. But can a relationship with a puppet ever be no, no strings, strings attached? attached? <laughs> <laughs> so that was good stuff. Anything else, Nathan? That was uh, um, when- worth mentioning. At the end, when they say, um, are you pondering what I'm pondering? And he says, oh, I hope not. Like, I'm 
thank God, no, but they both frown. It seems like they both kind of missed pondering the same thing. Oh, I didn't notice until the audio description told me. Oh, well, there you go. Double check it, folks. (laughs) And they had the little sound effects where uh, Brain kind of moves his eyes um, right there at the end Mm. because he, Pinky asks him something. I, I think about pondering, or are we still pondering the same thing? And Brain's like, no. And then he moves his eyes to the side, and that's where you kind of see um, that he he might still be, or he does miss it. Mm. So he might still have a little bit of Pinky in him. I think so. I mean, he definitely has backwards Greg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I like the sound effects that matched up with the eye movement. It 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 was subtext, I guess, would be the right word, maybe. Well, um, that's that's the Bernsteins right there. Are you still pondering what I'm pondering? Thankfully, no. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have to get them on the show again. Yeah, I let's think. get them on the show already. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to get them on the show. It was nice to see that at least, I mean, I'll have to see, if, you know, watching it perhaps again. I, I, I think it was orchestrals or orchestral, I should say, score throughout the whole thing. Where previous episodes in the first season, it was like, orchestral in the first part and then as soon as you get to the pinky in the brain it actually was like uh, you know synthesized music and i don't think it was like that in this one we'll have to see if that keeps up through the rest of the season at any rate well let's go ahead and get to wacko short shorts now loading now it's time for wacko's short shorts Wacko's Short Shorts, now loading, is uh, was written by Timothy Nash and Lucas Crandles and directed by Brett Varon. And, well, this one right here, it's, it's a pretty <laughs> pretty direct one. Wacko wants to get something loaded on his tablet, a game called, what is this, Two Twos? Two, I don't know. Let's have Wacko. What is this thing called? It's only the top-selling, highest dopamine-releasing, biggest and best squad-based MMO PvP game ever. Uh, at any rate, this uh, game takes forever to load. It, it's uh, Yako is going to watch a like Gandhi director director's cut, which takes over seven hours to watch, and it's still loading and processing and doing all this. Uh, basically, you know, this goes into like the future uh, with many many things uh, that Wacko needs to do, such as sign away his firstborn child and. Uh, you know, it goes like 50 or 100 years into the future, and then it finally loads. Wacko is now an old man with a Rip Van Wrinkle beard, and he's just about to load it. He presses new game, and then it goes, new game? And he says, oh, this is a great game. This pug arrow game is where they put their head in a potato bag, a potato bag bag of potato chips and then throw up in a potted plant and uh then it starts all over again and his head explodes and his hat lands on his headless body with the ears still attached to the hat and uh well that's pretty much it he waited a long time <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about uh, some of the the references. I don't know. It's maybe a reference to Fortnite or something like that. I maybe. don't know what kind of game. The game kind of looked like it. Yeah, kind of. I, I never played Fortnite. I tried once. I got sh- killed within about ten seconds, and I said, "I don't like this game." <laughs> Put me back on Animal Crossing. I think I'll play that for a little while longer. You can build things in Fortnite. It's- yeah, but I don't have to worry about. Jerks hitting me just, on the back of the head. Yeah, just let me, me build this thing. I want to collect some wood. It's a lot. It's very much like animal. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it's just exactly the same thing. <laughs> well, anyway, um, I mean, there's not too much to to say about this. I mean, there's a, I guess there's a part where Doctor Bonzo is in it. I mean, that's voiced by Maurice Lamarche. Where you think Wacko has become a, a you know, a skeleton, but actually, it's, it's just, just a skullhead. separate guy. Named Dr. Bonzo. How's it looking, Dr. Bonzo? Tis close, young wacko. I can feel it in my bones. Uh, will we see Dr. Bonzo again later this season? Ooh, maybe that's the fourth Warner. Hmm. 
Oh, maybe. <laughs> he became a doctor. So Maurice LaMarche is one of the Warners now, too. So exactly. Cool. Now he is. Um, well, at any rate, uh, what are some things that uh, stood out for you in this one that you liked or maybe even didn't like? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. Um, when Mako's head exploded, it reminded me of the ad I saw before the episode of Animaniacs. I don't know if you guys saw the same ad. but I don't think I did, but well, uh, I'm assuming his head exploded. <laughs> There was well, there was a there was an ad for some kids game or something, and the kids' heads keep exploding when they're talking to the bus cross driver or something like so. They're about to cross the street and like, what did you do over the weekend? And then their heads explode and like, wow. oh, that's fun! <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, Kelly, what about you? The first time I watched it, it was fine. Um, I was like, oh, okay, so it, you know, I. I deal with, you know, I, I I get so mad when I open up my emoji blitz and it wants me to download a new update and I'm not connected to Wi-Fi or something so I can relate. And uh, with uh, Wacko's frustration, but then the second time I watched the episode, I just skipped that part. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch the segment because I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I'm just I don't want to go through all that again yeah. because he's so frustrated and I'm frustrated watching him be frustrated because I'm irritated with all the loading screens at this point. So I, I just didn't want to watch it again. Yeah. It, it didn't have much rewatch uh, value. Um, I will say one thing that also kind of, kind of creeped me out was the line about uh, the Warners being like mules. They can't. Yeah. Children, they can't which have kids. Me go, oh, I don't want to think about them like that. <laughs> I don't want to think about Oh, that's fine. We can have children anyway. We're like mules. The parents of the Warners are sterile. Great. Fantastic. I didn't need to know this. Uh, but um, I, I guess if there's nothing else we, we have to mention, anything else from the, the rest of the episode that we should mention? Oh, we should probably mention one of the people that was in the in the episode that I was surprised at. Rachel McFarlane as the lady in the bank. Lady in Bank? Yeah, so, I don't even remember who. Lady in the Bank. There was bank. no Lady in the Bank. Like which? Like what? Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> in the credits, it says Lady in Bank. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! At the the backwards Greg. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. That the one that says hi. Greg. Okay. She says hello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Rachel McFarlane, and and who's she, Nathan? Uh, she's the sister of Seth McFarlane. There you go. So you know, she, yeah, on a job in Hollywood. Got to know somebody. So if you know the, sh- if you're friends with a showrunner of Animaniacs. <laughs> I mean, like she's done other things. She has. She's done like things in Family Guy and American Dad. So to think <laughs> that she's only, do- she was also in Ted too. So to think that she's <laughs> only doing things because she's Seth MacFarlane's sister. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Enough said. Well, before we get to our Water Tower rating, I think we better get to just a few comments from our listeners, I put out a quick little call, check, you know, call out for anybody to give us their thoughts about just the first episode of the Animaniacs uh, second uh, season, and we did get some res- re- some responses here. Uh, let's get uh, for email first of all from Jeffrey Webster. Uh, Jeffrey says, despite Nero having Trump-like character traits, which is one of the episode's flaws, I thought the season premiere was really good, from the DMCA joke to finally getting a proper good night everybody moment from Yakko. I even enjoyed Nero's modern Roman emperor song, which is of course a reference to "I am the very model of a modern reader." Uh, cartoon individual well sort of uh (laughs) the pinky and the brain segment was also enjoyable the only flaw is seeing brain throwing up the wacko short now loading was really funny take on having to wait hours for a game to update in the end despite a couple flaws the season two premiere almost felt like a classic animaniacs episode uh over on twitter let's see what here we got some thoughts here we got Steven Soros said, so far, the reboot itself feels like a step up from season one, a more bouncier and lighter tone overall, though I'm questioning why it's rated TV 14, as I feel it could still pass for PG, at least for the first three episodes I've seen. I still feel that it's very much its own show compared to the original. It's not a bad thing, though. It's a reboot, and I still laughed and had a lot of fun with it. I just still have a bit of uneasiness about it from last year. 
The songs in episode three, which we're not going to get to. I'm cutting them off right there. Cutting you off, Steven. We're not talking about episode three yet. We're just talking about episode one. Yeah. Come on. I haven't even seen that. Episode. I haven't seen it. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, over on Facebook, uh, they have uh, Eric says, funny as always. I was amazed by the humor. Uh, Dem- Damonica said, I loved it. I laughed throughout this short. And Jeff says, it has the best good night, everybody, scene ever. Hmm. Well, I think we disagree with you on that, Jeff, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, and like I said, you know, any for any of these episodes, as we watch them, you know, if you want to send in your thoughts, send them in. We just might read them on the air. Well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. <laughs> What do you two think out of five water towers? How many would you give this episode of the Animaniacs reboot? Nathan, let's start with you. Um, this is so hard. Um, I'm going to say um, I'll go with four and a half wow. water towers, I think. I don't know. I'm just trying to remember from season one. And I'm comparing them to. You're comparing, are you comparing this to Animaniacs in general or just reboot episodes? Reboot episodes. Okay. So based on season one, I'm going to go with four and a half because it has a song. It was educational. Um, is a strong pinky in the brain. Um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't funny a lot of fun. Like, I wish it was funnier, <laughs> but it wasn't like unfunny necessarily. It was, <laughs> it's like the, you know, and they did, it was very cleverly written. I thought the first segment, like, you know, there's the things that Nero says, like everything is a play on something that Trump said pretty much, you know, it's all very well thought. I thought so. Um, yeah. You know, I thought uh, four and a half, I think. Yeah. All right. Kelly, what about you? I'm going to go with four. Um, I, I was pretty impressed with the whole the episode as a whole. And, uh, you know, I've already said, and, and Nathan also said that the writing was, was good. And um, I mean, I do think the pinky in the brain was the strongest of the two. Like it usually seems to be with, with the reboot, but um, uh, definitely enjoyed the Warner's segment and, and the historical aspect of it. You know, I always love those. And, uh, you know, they, they worked in a lot in that that episode or, or i'm sorry that segment so yeah it was a it was a really strong episode for the for the first one all right and i i'll give it a three and a half um a lot of the reasons you guys said i mean i just i thought it was i guess there's a difference between witty and being well written i suppose and just generally funny and i just didn't as much as i was like okay i i, I didn't the ep- I've watched two episodes of Animaniacs so far. They had a live stream of the one with the super sweet 16 party last night, which mm-hmm. is, I think, episode six or seven, I want to say. Um, and I watched this one. And neither one of them actually made me go laugh out loud. Although the the backwards Gary did surprise me enough to make me go, whoa. <laughs> like, that was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that did make uh, make me vocalize something. Um, but it didn't make me laugh. I mean, it didn't make me like, you know, smile from ear to ear. You know what I mean? It made me like, oh, hmm, you know, whatever that kind of expression would be. Um, so I'll say three and a half, which is still very good. I think, honestly, so far, all the reboot episodes, this one is the strongest. Um, yeah, this one has tied so far with uh episode 11 the phantom maniacs we each gave it the exact same rating <laughs> there we go <laughs> so there you go it's as good as not better than the one before so there we are so average of four which is pretty darn good mm-hmm. okay well let's go ahead and get to our contact information uh kelly where can people find you online i am on the twitters uh yoda princess y-o-d-a p-r-n-c-s-s or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. Nathan, what about you? Where can people find you online? Oh, me? Yeah. Little old me? I'm on uh, Twitter as well, JangoFT. That's me. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And, of course, we have our Patreon page, which is honestly a fantastic place to go to for bonus audio. Bonus. Bonus. You can find out where how show notes are made. Exactly. You can find out the whole story about how Nathan does all these show notes. <laughs> um, as well as 
Animaniacs Creators Commentary with Tom Ruger. You won't find these commentaries anywhere else, so I would suggest you check out the Animaniacast Patreon, patreon.com slash Animaniacast. You can get those commentaries, decals, signed trading cards, and much more, so check it out. And of course, you can go to our RetroZap Discord server. We're a proud member of the RetroZap Podcast Network. Head on over to join the discussion to talk about Animaniacs or Star Wars or anything pop culture. Welcome link over there is discord.animaniacast.com. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademarking copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Narf! 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 Narf!